Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that brings you the most interesting content in information security, technology, and humans. The idea is content curation as a service. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts. I then take what I learned from that content and turn it into a concise 30-minute summary. So I'm going the no ad and no sponsor route with this. So if you're someone who enjoys the show and can afford fancy coffee whenever you want, please consider heading over to danielmeisler.com support to become a member for just 10 bucks a month. Becoming a member helps the show continue and gets you access to special content created just for members, as well as supplemental content from every episode. A number of people have complained that there are too many stories in the newsletter. So in 2018, I've decided to keep the newsletter and podcast its regular curated size, and then make the extra story and leak content available to members on the blog as an additional perk of membership. It's basically an unabridged version just for members. And finally, thanks to everyone who's already become a member in 2018. It's really appreciated. All right, welcome to episode 107. I'm going to start off with security news. A pair of CPU vulnerabilities called Meltdown and Spectre have surprised the tech world in the first few weeks of 2018. They essentially allow anyone who is able to execute code on a system to read memory contents from other applications. And in the case of Meltdown, from the kernel. These are quite possibly, we won't know until hindsight tells us, but potentially the worst pair of vulnerabilities we've seen so far in the industry. I wrote a summary of the differences between the two vulnerabilities, which you can get in the newsletter and show notes, but uh, we should expect a lot of updated advice to come out as we learn more in the coming days and weeks. And I also got a link here to a POC for Markdown. So pretty big story. You definitely want to get patched and uh, keep up with the advice that comes out in the next days and weeks. Verizon has purchased Nadell a startup that uses machine learning to locate infected or compromised machines inside an organization without having to write code, rules, or searches of any kind. I've been talking about this uh, for a little bit now. I think artificial intelligence is going to start helping in a lot of situations where there's simply too much data to look at for humans, even if there were enough humans. And even if humans are better at looking at the data, I think this is a coverage problem and not a analysis quality problem. So I expect to see a lot more of this. And uh, I think InfoSec is a, is a really interesting case in point for this. It's just too much data for humans. A researcher detailed exactly how to use a malicious NPM package and submit benign looking pull requests to tons of web developers online. It's a fantastic post. It actually reads as if they had done this and you kind of get scared for them and for everyone as you're reading and you get to the end and they're like, yeah, I actually didn't do this, but it would have been really easy because they explain, oh, you don't think I did this? Oh yes, this is how I did it. Oh, and you think you would have stopped me like this? No, you wouldn't have. 
So by the end, you're pretty uh, frightened. And then he's like, yeah, I didn't actually do it, but I could have. So a uh, really cool post basically questions the, uh, the trust model of what we're doing with code where you can basically submit anything. Who's doing code reviews on every pull request? Probably not many. India's national ID database appears to have been breached after the Indian government has been urging people to sign up on the site. And evidently there are people selling access to it. Uh, basically, if you are an admin, you could just add other people and you, they're selling that access. And it's a pretty big uh, breach. It's, you know, millions of people. Criminals are starting to migrate from Bitcoin to other currencies like Monero that provide more privacy and also don't charge as much for transactions. Uh, Bitcoin is both a bit easy to track and uh, it's also, it's costing a lot to even make a transaction. So um, it, it's just getting a bit large and sort of top heavy and uh, people are moving to a lot of alternatives. And this one is particularly nice for criminal activity because it has uh, more privacy built into it with uh, Monero. It's also the one that's been linked to a bunch of uh, drive-by sort of JavaScript execution in the browser mining sort of things. So um, yeah, interesting currency to watch on the security front. Can anyone name anything tangible that came out of the Equifax breach or all the hearings that Congress did and them being super upset? Yeah, me neither. I, I think it's uh, been largely a bust. I mean, we have had this, you know, this big uh, vulnerability here this last week. So maybe we'll see something from it, but I feel like that's a 2017 issue and, you know, we got uh, more things to talk about and do, and uh, it'll probably just go away. One of many other breaches and uh, it had some headlines for the f uh, first couple of weeks after it happened. And uh, now it just fades into the background with the other hundreds of breaches. So um, kind of depressing. Patching. For a Meltdown Inspector, you should update all your computing devices as soon as possible. I want to say as soon as functionally possible, right? You don't want to go to work and just start updating things. Uh, you should ask permission or whatever, have it done for you uh, because, you know, you could break things with updates or whatever. So just want to be a little responsible about that recommendation. But um, also need to update browsers if that's not part of system updates. Also recommend installing an ad blocker on your computers and mobile devices, which one doesn't actually matter so much, but try to get like one of the top rated ones, like top three or so. So hopefully it's been scrutinized more for malicious behavior or malware or just bad practices. Technology news. A lot of people are predicting that Amazon will buy Target this year. That would be like 1,800 physical stores for Amazon to push their products and services from. Potentially that would include like healthcare services at some point or financial services. There's a lot of interesting rumors going around about what uh, they're planning in 2018. Alexa could be coming to headphones and other wearables thanks to Amazon releasing 
the Alexa mobile accessory kit, which is basically a developer kit. So uh, I think Alexa being in headphones or, you know, other wearables like that, um, imagine it being in like AirPods or something. Um, obviously that probably that exact thing wouldn't happen, but like the Google pods or whatever Alexa come out with their own having Alexa quality assistant always with you. That would be fantastic. Spotify has confidentially filed to go public. That's uh, pretty big news there. Mark Zuckerberg has taken on the fixing of Facebook as his main project for 2018. So every year he goes and does like a personal project. Like one year he learned Chinese. One year he made his house like rigged up with AI, like Iron Man's house. Um, in this case, he's like, yeah, I want to fix Facebook. I'm like, well, that's kind of your job. Um, so that makes sense. I mean, that's pretty good synergy there. Uh, he specifically mentioned protecting its users from abuse and hate, which is cool. And making sure that people spend their time on the platform in a way that's good for them. I think they're now understanding that Facebook has become toxic and that a major correction is needed. And I really hope that he can pull off this fix in 2018. Nielsen says album sales fell 18%. This is for music, 18% in 2017, but streaming continued to grow. Audio streaming is now over half of all audio consumption, which I think is a pretty significant milestone. Human news, teens aren't partying anymore because they're basically on Netflix and social media. Not sure if that's a win, pretty sure it's a loss. Uh, Mount St. Helens has had 40 earthquakes since New Year's Day. They, they're not necessarily saying that it's prepped for a big uh, eruption. There was a smaller eruption a while back, but um, yeah, it seems somewhat active. 40 seems high, but uh, evidently it's not some major uh, threat for a, a large eruption like the one in 1980. The U.S. government is looking to reverse the laws allowing legal cannabis in the country. That's uh, Jeff Sessions is trying to do that. We'll see if he survives the week um, to be able to do it. Raw water is a new liberal craze that has people paying silly amounts of money for water that comes straight out of the ground, which means it's not been cleaned of bacteria or chemicals or whatever else it might have. And it's likely to make people sick. This reminds me a lot of anti-vaxxing. And uh, hopefully it goes away quickly. The Bitcoin community is 97% men. And the uh, preferred explanation for this seems to be that men are more comfortable with risk than women are. Uh, that, that would make a lot of sense. It is very uh, volatile. And uh, women tend not to take limited resources and put it into something that looks like a bubble or could go away at any moment. Ideas. <clears throat> what is everyone in consumer tech racing towards? This is an essay I just wrote about what the actual game is, what the actual end goal is for all these different uh tech companies, you know, Apple, Amazon, uh, 
well, Apple and Google mostly, but with Amazon now forcing themselves into the conversation and Microsoft, who, who knows what Microsoft's doing in this area. They're not, they don't have a mobile OS, which is also a problem for Amazon, but uh, this basically talks about integration of the life and the technology across your personal and your work and sort of uh, the uh, a unified substrate, right? That that links your your personal assistant with uh, your mobile technology with your cloud and, and basically uh, what all of it is leading towards. And sort of my complaint that no one's really talking about the larger story. So that's what that's about. Machine learning will revolutionize content discovery. This is something I wrote a while back and uh, no one seemed to like it or notice it that much. I think it's a very cool idea. I, I think machine learning is going to be able to find really good content on the internet that is not discovered by say Reddit or Hacker News or random publications, uh, you know, journalists or whatever writing for their magazines, their online magazines. Like there's just so little of the best content in the world, I believe, that's actually being surfaced and shown to readers. And I think that is a travesty. And I think that machine learning, again, going back to my previous point, machine learning allows us to see more things and make quality analysis on more things. Um, it would be better if we had high quality editors to read every link created by anyone with a smartphone in Africa or Southeast Asia or, you know, Saskatchewan or whatever, right? The moment they write it on their cell phone, sitting on the toilet or whatever, you know, <clears throat> if they write something that's genius, a machine learning algorithm can match using supervised learning, potentially could in the future, soon, I think, and boil that up and say, this person just produced something that really matches all, all these je ne sais quoi points that of content that we know was really good. And suddenly way more people, you know, the other 99% of people are getting their content discovered. That is not possible when you only have a few editors and a few online magazines and a few data aggregators, which have their own technology problems and their own bias problems, right? I, I think we're seeing 1% of the best content or the content we would like to see from the world. And I think machine learning is going to get us the other 90, 99%. Riot Games pays employees $25,000 to quit. This is genius. This is absolute genius. There's nothing worse, I think, for the pr productivity of a company than having people work there who don't want to be there. Humans are smart enough to skate by. They're smart enough to look like they're doing work when they're actually not. They're smart enough to hide inefficiency. They're smart enough to pull down the company, be toxic, be passive aggressive, just be dead weight and still not get fired for years and years, if ever. 
you give someone like that a clean option to leave and to, you know, have relocation money and whatever, right? Whatever they're going to do with that 25K, you make it so that the only people that you have, or at least to a much larger degree, are people who want to be there. I think this should, I mean, this concept should apply to lots of different things, but way more companies should adopt it. I mean, when I start a company, I'm definitely doing this. I think we're getting much closer to identifying the true causes of depression. I want to say very clearly here that I am a computer security professional. I am not a medical professional, but uh, I think the answer to depression in most cases, and I know some are extreme and one, I don't know about them, but I'm sure there are some extreme cases where this doesn't apply. But I think in general, the answer is that humans are not having their fundamental needs met which uh, just putting down a few, I'm going to do more research on this, but it's having meaningful work, having deep, rewarding relationships and feeling as if you're contributing to something bigger than yourself, right? And I would add, I don't have it here, but um, I would add gratitude. And I think that comes down to the contributing something bigger than yourself. Um. I've been circling this issue in my writing for like 10 years now in different ways. And uh, I've got a link here to my happiness tag, which has a whole bunch of this stuff in there. But um, I intend at some point to build some sort of practical model for visualizing and working towards these goals. And if, uh, if you're struggling with this or you know someone who is, feel free to ping me if, if you want to hear more about what I'm thinking about it. Um, I don't think I have any answers yet, but I, I might have some paths to uh, to some answers because um, I've seen it a lot in uh, in and around my life. So um, yeah, I, I would say um, I'm really interested in working on this project because uh, I think more and more people need it. I think uh, the U.S. needs it. I, I think the world needs it. Um, Steven Pinker argues in this YouTube video from Harvard that political correctness does major harm to America by making it so that people can only hear certain truths from right-wing extremists. Um, I, I loved how he put it. Um, I made this exact same point in my essay titled four things the far left are doing to drive moderates to the right. And I actually consider this to be one of my better pieces. Um, I, I recommend you look at both of these, uh, the essay that I linked here, and also this, this YouTube video from uh, Steven Pinker at Harvard. Discovery. Um, I parsed the 2017 dark web mega breach, which is 274 breaches combined. And I extracted the top 10, 100, 1,000, and 10,000 passwords into Seclis. And uh, Jason and I, Jason Haddix and I are still testing the list. We're trying to make sure it's, you know, as good or better than the previous sort of large scale meta list that we were using, but it might become our default general option going forward. So you should uh, head over to Seclis and get those. Uh, I got a link here to 
the 3.0 version of Buffer's transparency salary calculator, updated to include its new remote-first philosophy. So they're mostly remote now, but um, they have a Google spreadsheet with every single salary for the entire company. It is fantastic. Um, I'm not 100% on board with this as much as I am about the paying people to leave. Um, cause I think there are some situations where this might not be great, but, um, they have an algorithm. It is so clean. It's like four components. It's like cost of living, you know, your experience and like two other things. And it's super simple. You know exactly how you're going to calculate someone's salary. Everyone's salary is visible, like done and done. Um, I, I think it's a really powerful idea. I, I, I would have to fully explore it to be hundred percent on board, but I think it's powerful. Uh, a lot of people think that super young kids today are still millennials, but they're actually not people who are like 22 or younger are actually the next generation, which is generation Z and, uh, millennials end at 2000. So, um, and I've got a link here that I, I created a new um, generation visual. So I actually put the different generation years for um, birth ages or birth years. And uh, I created a visual of it and I got a link here to that. Because every time I talk about generations, I always have to go and look these up. And um, yeah, it's like, the, the number's always different. I forget what the numbers are. Like right now, I can't even think of what they are. But um, I, I simplified them and made it visual because there aren't many good visuals out there. I uh, wrote a primer on the null pointer dereference, dereference vulnerability because I think it's one of the most common and most misunderstood vulnerabilities in AppSec. So I wrote a quick primer on that. It's just like five paragraphs or whatever. It's super simple. It's actually just confusion is the only reason it's so hard. So um, definitely check that out, especially if you're in AppSec. And, uh, oh, the story of how so many researchers, like multiple teams, I think like four different teams, found the 20-year-old CPU bugs of, you know, Meltdown and Spectre at basically the same time, within a few months. So one team would like send stuff to Intel and they'd be like, yep, Someone just told us about that. So you're like the third team to tell us. But how is it that you go for 20 years, nobody says anything, and within a few months, multiple teams send things in? So there's some theories in that piece which are pretty interesting. A corporate BS generator, it's a literal button that makes super dumb statements that sound kind of cool and managers might think are amazing. So you should go play with that. It's got a Dilbert comic on top. Um, my summary, the new Trump book, Fire and Fury. Um, I don't really talk too much politics on here. And this review is very non-political, actually. Got a couple, uh, you know, witty little jabs or whatever. But um, in general, it's, it's, uh, it's not a very political review. It's uh, more about the writing and the uh, psychology of the people involved and uh, check that out if you're interested uh, in skipping the book. It's not really a parsing of all the stuff that is in the book. 
uh, but you're probably about to get blasted with that throughout the week anyway in all of your political channels. So <clears throat> might want to just check the summary and skip the book. Um, Terminal, a sandbox command line interface for iOS. It's now on the App Store. And Meltdown Exploit, a POC for Meltdown. Notes for this week. Did you happen to see that uh, 2018 InfoSec prediction list that predicted the CPU vulnerability story? No, you didn't because there wasn't one. So I'm not against talking about trends that might be happening and what we might see from those trends, but prediction lists tend to fail because they either tell us what's obvious or what they cannot possibly know. And the really interesting stuff like, like Meltdown and Spectre, like these massive CPU bugs, they never see them coming, right? So when I hear someone who's making a prediction list, and I've made a bunch of these for work, I've done a couple on my site, and you know I'll probably do them in the future because you know marketing likes them and media likes them or whatever. But it it's hard for me to take them seriously, right? So when I hear someone who's like a self-proclaimed futurist and they're prone to putting out prediction lists and just like believing in them or whatever, I, I tend to look for an exit from the conversation. But if someone is like into studying how things work, right? Figuring out what the trends are and then talk about what we might see from those trends. I mean, that's what I try to do, right? I, 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 I am into this, this idea. Um, you know, I'm excited to listen to that. It, it's a subtle difference between those two things, but to me, it's a major difference, right? Do you, do you study history? Do you study patterns? Do you study what might come from some of this stuff? And are you tentative and humble about your predictions because you know, just the future is crazy and you can't really predict these things or are you like, yeah, I'm a futurist and here's my list and expect these things to happen, right? That there's a big difference between them and you should listen for it. Uh, I post a lot in the blog that doesn't make it to the show and uh, you can get the updated RSS feed at this link that's here in the show notes. And uh, recommendations for this week, patch your systems for Meltdown Inspector as soon as functionally possible, which means, you know, don't go to work and blow stuff up, but uh, try to patch as soon as possible. And that includes your whole house, right? That means um, laptops, uh, workstations, desktops, uh, mobile devices, you know, TVs, you got you to patch everything. Install ad blockers on all your stuff as well, uh, assuming you're allowed to. This uh, Meltdown Inspector stuff makes devices vulnerable if an attacker can run code on your devices. That unfortunately includes ads, right? It includes JavaScript. That's just code running on your computer. It happens to be in your browser, but that doesn't matter. So for uh, Mac OS and iOS, I like Adblock but uh, you can use any one of the good ones with, uh, just look for, again, like I said, look for the top ones with lots of recommendations. 
and uh, got a fantastic analysis piece here by L2 Inc. on the various brand battles taking place across technology, retail, and other verticals. It's like, um, it, it's a YouTube video. It's two people sitting down just discussing, oh, here's what's going on with Walmart. Here's Amazon, how, how they're destroying Macy's and, you know, um, Nordstrom and how they're playing. And just like, it is absolutely remarkable. Great analysis. You should just follow these people in general. And anyway, add them to your RSS feeder. But um, yeah, L2 Inc., really good stuff. And I got a link here to this conversation, which you really want to uh, listen to for uh, 2018. And uh, the aphorism for this week, there is no security on this earth. There's only opportunity. There's no security on this earth. There's only opportunity. Douglas MacArthur. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. And don't forget, you can also get the show, including all the links to the things I mentioned, in text form by signing up for the email newsletter at danielmiesler.com newsletter or via the blog post for each episode. I'll see you next time.